I'm Paul Sutton, and this is Digital Download, the show where I talk to topic experts on digital marketing, social media, and public relations about the things that matter in today's communications industry. Way back in the mist of time, or 2009 to be more precise, I wrote my first ever blog post. Now, it could be described as a literary classic, a poignant analysis of the PR battle between Manchester United and Real Madrid surrounding Cristiano Ronaldo's then world record transfer. But it could also be described as vacuous garbage. Either way, though, little did I know when I published that post that I was embarking on a long process of personal branding that would encompass, among other things, over 500 blog posts, 25,000 tweets, and coming up on 100 podcast episodes. Back in 2009, personal branding wasn't really a thing. People blogged or whatever, but I for one never had any kind of strategy or any real intention to create a profile for myself. So it came as a bit of a shock while working at an agency a couple of years later that I was accused of feathering my own nest. Back then, such activity was still treated with suspicion rather than embraced for the good it can do for a company. Nowadays, personal branding is huge. You only have to look at the story of someone like Joe Wicks, for example, to see instantly the power that a strong personal brand can have. Even for me, the consistent effort I put into blogging 10 years ago is what ultimately led to me being successful as an independent consultant. Mark Schaefer wrote a fantastic book on personal branding in 2018. Known not only outlines all the benefits of a strong personal brand with multiple case studies, but details exactly how you can go about developing your reputation. I spoke to Mark about the book for this podcast back in May 2018. But one thing struck me recently. Among all the hype and advice, which I totally subscribe to by the way, no one ever talks about the potential downsides of being known the downsides of personal branding. So when I recently saw today's guest posting openly about this topic on LinkedIn, it piqued my interest. Jerry Williams runs Smooth Accounting, a firm that she established in 2016. She set up Smooth because even though she enjoyed working at a flexible employer, she wanted more freedom to be in control of her time with her kids. She also had a different mindset and wanted to work in a more modern way, so established Smooth with a more tech-driven approach. After Jerry first qualified as a chartered accountant, she was faced with decisions over what to pursue, and was advised that an ability to win new clients would set her apart from other accountants. As a result, on top of the standard networking events, Jerry started to use social media, as it felt like a natural evolution of her personal use. At this point, she started to build her personal brand, although at the time it was for the benefit of the company she worked for, not herself. But when she eventually set up her own business, that stood her in very good stead, as potential clients already knew her. So even though she had to establish new branded social media profiles for the business, she says that from day one she had enough work to need to get additional help. For the first couple of years running smooth, Jerry concentrated on Facebook. And this was at a time when organic reach was still very good. She built up a following on her company page and says she got an awful lot of work through Facebook at that time. But then organic reach started to die with a big algorithm change in early 2018. 
So Jerry set up a profile on LinkedIn and started by posting a light-hearted take on tax tips video she'd had made for Facebook. One of my clients used LinkedIn a lot at the time and she she kept saying to me, you need to be on LinkedIn. You need to be. And I was like, no, you know, I don't need to be and I don't really get LinkedIn and I just didn't really bother. And then I thought, oh, do you know what, let's just put one of these videos on. And yeah, it just did really, really well. It just went nuts. She started to post very regularly and says that at this point she was quite naive. She'd sometimes post quite controversial opinions, but was shocked by how divisive these could be and by people's responses. I was a bit like, oh, you know, I'm getting trolled and I'm getting people being really unkind, uh, really disagreeing with me and kind of just, I don't know, I guess when you come from like a Facebook background, generally the, the people that comment on your posts and things are your friends, your connections. So you don't really get that. So it was quite new to me to have this, you know, thousands of people viewing your posts and interacting with you. But I realized that actually I just started getting followers. So the more controversial and the more divisive my posts were, the more followers I was getting and the more I started getting business inquiries, you know, straight away and people wanting an accountant. Now, Jerry saw this as a bit of fun and said that she never took LinkedIn too seriously. She says that for the first 18 months or so, she didn't really care and posted whatever was on her mind, whether that be an opinion or a weird experience she'd had. It was literally like pulling a pin out of a grenade and, you know, all of a sudden everyone's like, you can't say that, you know, you're just going mental. But a lot of people were like, yes, and agreeing with you. And so it kind of, it boosted my following massively. So even with all the negativity, it really, it really boosted my following. And that's, that's still the same thing now. Jerry says that she never posted anything just to get a reaction, but after a while she knew that certain topics or opinions would generate debate. She almost posted regardless of this. Jerry doesn't limit the topic she posts about and says that this naturally draws similar types of people to her. But she's never treated LinkedIn as a sales driver, even though she's won a huge amount of business as a result. Because she doesn't feel that pressure, she's more relaxed with it and doesn't actually post a great deal about accountancy. She treats LinkedIn as a channel for personal branding rather than sales, which is precisely the approach I subscribe to and talk to my clients about. I asked her if she thinks of and treats LinkedIn more like Facebook than a marketing channel. Yeah, exactly. And the kind of knock-on effect of of just me posting whatever I want, whenever I want, is that the, the marketing and the sales have just have come you know so I don't have a marketing background I don't have a sales background yet pretty much everything I do is marketing and sales um so yeah it's it's an interesting place LinkedIn it and I'm sure we'll get onto this there's not always a great place to be I find it hard sometimes mm-hmm. um and I won't be on it long term so it definitely has a, a time limit on it well, what do you mean by that sorry in terms of how long you mean you would come off LinkedIn at some stage completely? Yeah, absolutely. I, I will. I will come off of it. Um, okay. I don't want to rely on it. Mm-hmm. And I don't like being well known. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's come with the territory. And I, I really don't like that. I would, I would, if I had it my way, be absolutely known to nobody and still have a very successful business that generates a lot of inquiries and does very well. But yeah my business has been built off of my online presence really um so uh, you know gotta take the rough with the smooth excuse yeah uh, and we'll, we'll come <laughs> on to that absolutely you were talking about sort of video content H- how have you developed that over the last couple of years 
do you do you post a lot of video content? Because I mean, I've seen some of it, obviously, but how often do you post video content to LinkedIn? It's not really structured. I don't have a set number of videos or timescales that I do it to. I now employ, over the last year, I employ a, a videographer yep. um, directly, and we have a studio as well. So we took that on a year ago. So the plan was then to, to create all of our own content internally so that we could put more out. So the YouTube channel has, has grown a bit, which is nice. I need to be able to dedicate more time to it, really. And that is that is the issue, is finding the time mm. to do the content because people will see my video. It might only be two minutes long, but that's taken me like a day to write the content, film the video. I don't post, not that there's anything wrong with this at all because there isn't. And I know a lot of people that do it, but I don't just film them on my phone and upload them Mm -hmm. i you know everything's done professionally and takes me a while to write it and 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 kind of film it and everything so it's it's me finding the time really i don't i don't have a set quantity that i post but you know most months i put out every month pretty much i put out new video content and it's noticeable that it is professional as well because even the the video that you use behind your profile picture which in linkedin introduced a few months ago I, I, I have a client and we've been talking about whether it is actually any, it's one of those features that people don't seem to use. But yours, I have to say, is the first one that I flagged to my my client to say, look, this is how it can be used because it, it works. Thank you very much. And I think that is partly because it's professional and it, it, it just works, which is, yeah. you know, that's fantastic. Yeah, I had an inquiry today actually from someone on LinkedIn saying, can you tell me who did your video your profile video and I said yeah, well yeah. we we actually do that because I have a production company so would you like a quote and he said <laughs> yeah so I've got another accountant that will be quoting to do their their cover video but yeah we do we, you know we do that as a service as well so that's kind of another string to the bow yeah absolutely so on LinkedIn now you've got nearly 48,000 followers yeah why do you think that has grown so much in the last couple of years <sighs> I think people like the entertainment side. So I think they follow me just because I, whether it's a video, whether it's something I've written, you know, they, they like the entertainment and they also like seeing the, the various engagement I get and reading it. And, you know, I think it can be a bit vanilla. I think people like to see something a bit entertaining. So, Mm. well, that's what people tell me. (laughs) (laughs) I I think you're quite right because I totally agree with you. I think, especially with video, it's, it's a difficult one to get right because, you know, you, you do see a lot, which yeah, it's just dull. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I've played with video in the past. It doesn't suit me personally. um, Yeah. Which is why I do a podcast because I don't have to do the video, but the fact that you're putting time into it is noticeable. It works. Like I said, when was it that you started to see kind of a downside to that? Because like you said, for the first year or so, you're just posting what you want, not really thinking about it, noticing that it's it can be divisive. But when did you start to feel feel like there was a downside to that? Um, I think quite early on. I even when I had like a thousand followers, I thought that was a lot and I and I felt a lot of pressure. Like, oh God, like I've got a thousand people following me and you know, and and still got really high engagement then you know, a much lower number of followers. But yeah. I felt the downside of it then just because of the trolling and and I and it sounds silly because if you put a controversial post on it, obviously you're going to get a lot of, you know, 
negative comments and feedback, yes. but I never really saw them as controversial. And that's the thing. I think I, that's just me being naive. Like if I put something on saying like, oh, I don't know, or what, like one of the ones I did where I said, you know, all the people that have committed fraud on their tax returns are not going to get help from the government now. This was like at the start of COVID. Right. Yep. Are going to be moaning now they don't get any help from the government. You know, fraud will do that to you. And, um, you know, I just thought, well, surely everyone agrees with that. Like, you know, if you've under, massively underdeclared your profits illegally and now you're not going to get any COVID support, well, tough. You know, like that, that's and I, and I, I that post had like hundreds of thousands of views and everyone was going absolutely crazy. Like and I just couldn't really believe it. I remember thinking like what? And people go, oh, you know, I've always paid my tax and how dare you and all that. And I was like, well, then that's fine. I'm not talking about you. What are you? I don't understand what you're annoyed about. Like, and I just couldn't. And, you know, people just lost their minds about it. And I think it's times like that when I kind of don't get people's reactions that I that's when I really feel the downside of it. And I think, oh, it's just a bit exhausting, really. Do you ever rethink the, some of the things you've written? Like in that example, yeah, you see that and you don't see anything wrong with it, and it was just a comment, right? And, yeah, and you've got all these people jumping on you. Yeah, do you, does does that cause you when you post things now? So now you're aware of this to to write something out and before you hit and send. Are you are you like, oh, should I post this? Yeah, I definitely now am different on LinkedIn than I used to be, and it's more because kind of with a bigger following just comes more of a responsibility that I don't really want. And that's the mm -hmm. thing, like I don't, and you, but you can't have it both ways. You know, you can't have this personal brand and everybody know you and, and winning all this business from it and not have the responsibility. And I, I guess I've learned that over the last few years. And, and so now I am a lot more careful with what I post. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even get to the point of typing it out. I just don't say things now that I used to say. Right. Um, my following is, the increase in my following has slowed right down over the last sort of six months. That's interesting. Do you think that is because of that tempering yourself? Yeah, because I post less as well. I post less content. The content I post is not really that controversial. I, you know, what I would think could be absolutely fine. Everyone would go, oh my God, yeah, it's so annoying when that happens. And, you know, all agree with me. Generally, like you get a half and half situation, which is actually a good thing because you are just funneling out the people that you don't want to be connected with. And you're not ever going to do business with yeah. um, and attracting the people that you really want to do business with. So it is always a good thing, but it is quite exhausting as well. Podcast analysis has always been a major problem for marketers with outreach efforts reliant on dubious download numbers and a lot of guesswork. Until now, Podchaser Pro is a new service that solves the problem for podcasters and marketers alike. I caught up with co-founder Cole Raven. We've built this new product around audience sizes so that as like a PR agency or a marketing agency, you can use this tool to really understand how many listeners every podcast gets. And then we provide contact information on top of that. We understand how many people are listening to a podcast, how far they get into each episode, in some cases, demographic data. You can't find that anywhere else. Check it out at podchaserpro.com forward slash digital download. When we were talking about the way Jerry is treated on LinkedIn, she specifically mentioned trolling as being a part of her LinkedIn experience. Now, this seemed unusual to me, given the nature of the platform, and I was keen to find out more about it. I asked her what form this trolling takes. 
Is it just people being rude or is it more personal? Similar to the kind you might see about celebrities on Twitter or Instagram. It's been quite personal. You know, I've been called a lot of names and had a lot of not very nice messages. And I was going to say, is this publicly or is it direct messages? Both. Yeah, both. And, and I have to refrain from getting dragged into conversations like debates with people because you know Mm. I get annoyed what someone says and then I reply and then they reply and then I think what am I doing like I guess for me the trolling is and I just never understand it because I don't ever I don't ever comment on anybody's thing that I anybody's post that I don't like or I just don't if I don't like it I just keep scrolling like what you know but people just feel they have the right to tell you because you're posting on a public forum what they think and I don't understand that because I think, well, no, I don't care what you think. Just because I'm posting on public forum, like, that's my profile. You don't have to comment. You know, you wouldn't come up to me a street and tell me you don't like what I'm wearing. So why are you going to tell me on my LinkedIn post that you don't like what I've said? You know, it's the same. Mm. Just keep scrolling. Like, in the same way you'd walk past me or you'd walk past a shop if you didn't like what they had in their window. You wouldn't walk into the shop and go, I don't like what, you're, what you've got in your window. Can you change it? Mm-hmm. why do you have to tell me I just don't so I think I don't understand the mentality of it because I've never done it myself and I just wouldn't and it's the passive aggressive people that I find worse than trolls like I'd much rather someone just be actually blatantly troll me um <laughs> than than be passive aggressive on my post because it genuinely like it gives me so much rage <laughs> I can't bear it do you find yourself wanting to be drawn into that are you yeah. are you the sort of person that can take a step back and go no I'm just gonna leave it or do you find yourself getting drawn in <laughs> I probably should leave it more often than I don't. <laughs> okay now I think I'm better because I literally delete people's comments and then I just go onto their page and block them okay. so I'm like I'm not blocking you because your comment will still be visible to everybody else I'm deleting your comment like it's not allowed on my post and I'm blocking you and I have very very low tolerance of people on LinkedIn so I block people every day on LinkedIn just for being really? annoying. I mean, is it yeah. is it literally every day? Every day. Just blocked wow. someone two seconds ago, like before I came on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, just being annoying. Block. Yeah. Because I just think, I just don't care. Like, I, I need to not get into these debates with people because it's not good for anyone. It's not good no, for No, I agree. I agree. And I just need to remove these people from my existence. <laughs> so I just block them. Block, block, yeah, block. no, good for you. Do you ever do things like, I don't know, turn your comments off and things like that? Yeah, I do that. I do that quite a lot. Because, yeah, especially if I post a photo, because there's always some seedy comment, or more like numerous seedy comments. It doesn't matter what photo I post. Really? Um, if I'm in it, yeah, there's always just weird, unwanted uh, comments from men so I will quite often I could put a family photo on I could literally put any photo on me at work anything and I'll just turn the comments off and just put I don't know on holiday with my family or whatever like because I can't can't be doing with it see I mean it obviously being a man I'm not exposed to this no it, it, it stuns me it really it's, it's, you're not the first person I've heard this from but it yeah. stuns me that on what is essentially a professional network you would go around leaving dodgy comments mm. on women's profiles. I and know. It just, I, I, like you said, the, the mentality thing, I don't get it either, but no. uh, you shouldn't have to put up with it. It's No, it's, you shouldn't. 
You shouldn't. And then you get people going, well, don't post photos of yourself. And then you went out and I go, no, I'm not the problem here. (laughs) It's not me. Like, you know, I'm, but then, and I sometimes think we shouldn't turn off comments just because of that. But equally, then I just don't have to deal with it. So, or see it. Um, And I'll turn off comments sometimes when I don't want people's opinions. And that does wind people up because I want to put my opinion out there, but I don't want anybody else's, which is just how I feel on that particular day. Like I might post something about, my children being in private school and how pleased I am that they're now at the school that I really wanted them to go to yeah. I've worked really, really hard. And I can now say that, you know, they're at that school and I'm so, so happy. I don't want a load of people going, well, I never went to private school and I was okay and stuff. Well, yeah, I didn't either. Right. But okay. I don't want all of that. I'm literally putting a happy post out saying something that I'm happy about mm-hmm. and that's all I want to do. So then I just have to like, then people can like it if they want to. Can like the post but then i don't have to deal with people's opinions about it because you'll get a load of people on linkedin just just slating private school and i think but i don't why are you doing that mm. what you know why i don't know it's nothing to do with you what i do with my children like mm. so that i will turn comments off in situations like that so i just don't have to listen to it do you find you get this sort of i was gonna say treatment i don't know if that's the right word but you know what i mean <laughs> do you find you get this sort of treatment on other social channels like i mean do you use instagram for example. Yeah, I love Instagram. Use Instagram a lot. Do you get this sort of treatment on on Instagram? No, no, definitely don't get anything on anything negative on Instagram at all. Um, I am much more myself now on Instagram than I am on LinkedIn. Okay, but I don't know if that's because, again, with Instagram, you know, the people following you are the people that want to follow you. So yeah, yeah. Whereas on LinkedIn, the people that are engaging with your posts quite often maybe aren't your followers. They right. are just happening to see it because you've got... Because the algorithm shown it to them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and then they feel a need to start commenting. And so I think that's probably a lot to do with it. It's maybe a bit like Twitter, like anyone can reply to your tweet mm. if you've got an open profile or whatever. Probably the similar thing with LinkedIn. Like it's really good that the algorithm does that because it, it, you know, it spreads your message far and wide. But mm. then also you get loads of people commenting, you know, and you just think... Talking to Jerry about this, she seemed utterly fed up with it, which you'll probably agree with. You can hear in her voice how, at times, it must take its toll when all she's trying to do is use a professional network to build her personal brand. But she was very keen to point out that, although there is a dark side for her, it's all far from negative. Don't get me wrong, LinkedIn's great and I... I wouldn't have stuck around for so long if it really was that bad. I have breaks from it every now and then. I'll come off of it for a few weeks and that's great. That just gives me a bit of headspace to get away from it. And then I come back refreshed and kind of ready to go again. But yeah, it's absolutely great and brilliant for, for, for lead generation. Like it's, it's the best that there is in terms of social media platforms. Yeah. Treating it as a, as a personal brand, which you are, has that led to opportunities off of LinkedIn. And and by that, I mean, all right, this isn't what I would call a big opportunity, but you, you've come on this podcast, for example, yeah, to talk. Yeah. Have you been invited onto, I don't know, anything as a result of what you've done, you know, that, that brand building on LinkedIn? Yeah, definitely. Like other podcasts, um, events, speaking on stage, just being able to start a second business, coaching other accountants, that's all really off the back of LinkedIn. Okay. Yeah, a huge amount, a huge amount of opportunity. I've made friends, you know, really great friends. And because it's networking and I, I feel like yeah. I've got a really good network of people on there. 
helpful people I feel I can go to LinkedIn and get help when I need it and yeah it's, it is a really really great community and, and the it's a shame when the, the minority ruin it I guess yes. for the majority but I don't feel like they have they don't sort of really win they'll just they might get you down for a bit or a day or something but I had a call from LinkedIn yesterday I think it was from they're doing this new creator thing so they're yes. reaching out to creators to kind of partner with them and and support them more so i now have like a direct contact at linkedin okay and i'm kind of looking after me type of thing which is great so they are i do feel like they're supportive you know and getting better at that now yeah which which is great to hear actually mm. i mean just to finish off i mean you said the reason the reason i wanted to invite you on to talk anyway was because you said in recent posts that if you had the, the choice effectively you you delete your profile and you yeah. kind of breathe a sigh of relief not to have to deal with all the all of the rubbish basically yeah. uh, and you've said on the on you're speaking to me now you, being known for want of a better word is not something that either comes natural to you or you want necessarily yeah. so how do you strike the balance between that side of it and all the good stuff which you've just talked about in terms of what it's done for you personally and for your business? That's a really good question. I don't know if you can, really. I think, I mean, everybody's different, aren't they? Every every individual is different. Some people are more thick-skinned. Some people take things to heart more. I didn't realise I was going to start being known, which is, again, really stupid thing to say because I'm online on social media, but when you're out and about and people are like, Oh, you know, you're Jerry off LinkedIn and you're Jerry from smooth and everyone knows about me and stuff. And again, that's great from a brand awareness perspective, yep, but yep. it's, it's like people just assume they know you. And that's, what's really hard. Like people are very judgy and, you know, people think they know me or they think certain things about me. And I'm like, you know, no one knows me. People just know this online persona really. And it's not, it's a very small portion of me in my life, you know, because really I am just a mum, you know, and an accountant mm-hmm. and, and that's it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm very boring actually in real life. <laughs> and people think, you know, even yesterday I had a Zoom call with someone and, and he was like, I can't believe I'm actually speaking to you in real life. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> and I was like, and I find that so bizarre because I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I'm just literally just like, I'm nobody really. Like, and I, and I just... I think that I wish I could erase being known, but mm. still have all the good bits. And you just can't, you just can't, you know? So it's, it's, it's a choice you have to make and I have to make. It's still great in terms of, of lead generation and everything and, and brand awareness. And who knows what I'll do from a business perspective. So that will drive what I do online um, and where I position myself. But you know, certainly at the moment, all of the positives massively outweigh the the negatives. Um, but there, yeah, there'll come a time where we will just go. Oh, I don't need, I don't need LinkedIn anymore. So I'm done now, and that's it. And I'll just delete my account and be done with it. Huge thanks to Jerry for being so candid for this show. Look her up on LinkedIn. You can subscribe to Digital Download on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like the show, please do leave a review as this helps others discover the podcast. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.